0: a day that's going to be when the Trump of God sounds and the dead in Christ rise first and which are alive and remain will be gathered together with the Lord forever. I think I just paraphrased that a little bit, but you get what I'm saying right there. The Lord is so good. and these days that we live got to keep our focus on him. And when Caroline plays the piano, I can tell when she gets into it because she starts pounding those keys over there. But today, I heard Michael get with it with the guitar right there. He went, you heard that little, I heard it. I heard you get with it right there. The piano and the guitar are both getting with it at the same time. I'm like, I like that. I like that a lot. That's good. So, I, I caught you there, Michael. That's good. I didn't know Michael shows any emotion at all. He's just always, just the same, just the same. Anyway, so, and that has all the emotion that family needs. But anyways, did I say that? I did say that, didn't I? It's true, though. Mark chapter 12 this morning. Mark chapter number 12. Last week it was great to have Brother Young with us and I'm thankful for him and the work that the Lord did through him last week at our church and thank you to those who are faithful, Monday, Tuesday night, Sunday as well. And uh, so we're going to continue on in the book of Mark. We started a long time ago in chapter number 1 and now we're in chapter number 12 and who knows, unless the Lord comes we will finish this someday. I'm not sure when. Some weeks we do ten verses, some weeks we only do a couple verses. But I'm going to review from last week real quick, or from a couple weeks ago, so we know right where we are, and then we're going to dive into our new material today. And some of you, you probably already tuned me out. When you read the screen says, paying taxes to Caesar. The tax word comes up and you just tune me out. Anybody in the room love to pay taxes? Anybody love when you get your paycheck and you look at that line that says, this is what you made, well, this is what you kind of made, but this is what we took, and this is what you really made. Anybody love looking like, yes, the government got this from me today. Anybody, anybody say that? Why not? I know why. We're going to talk about taxes a little bit today. We're going to talk about a lot of things this morning. As we look at the scriptures today, I'm going to review real quick This is the last week of Jesus' earthly ministry. He's getting ready to die. Things are coming to a boiling point. And we're seeing that unfold before our very eyes. We looked at three weeks ago, Jesus goes into the temple, and he sees them making merchandise of the temple, and really taking advantage of people, and Jesus was just fed up with it. He flips over the tables, where the doves sit and where the doves the people that sold the doves sat he turned over their chairs he wreaked havoc in the temple and he left last week or two weeks ago i'm sorry we looked at those following verses and jesus goes back to the temple the very next day so we're on tuesday he's in the temple and basically you look at chapter 11 verse 27 it says and they come again to jerusalem and as he was walking in the temple there come to him the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. So Jesus goes back into the temple the next day. The chief priests, the scribes, the elders come up to Jesus. And basically they say, who gave you the right to do what you did here yesterday? Who, who do you think you are that you just flip over these tables and come in here with the authority you think you have? They were trying to get Jesus. People have tried to get Jesus for a long time on things. We'll see even more of that today. Jesus asked them a question you a question john and his work the baptism was it of men or was it of god the Pharaoh well we know it was of god the, the scribes there the elders and the chief priests knew if they said god that jesus would have them they knew if they said men that all the people that cared for john would have been mad at them for saying that so they said hey we're not going to answer you that was their response and jesus said so i'm not going to tell you why i do what i do but then we start chapter 12, and I mentioned to you two weeks ago, just because the Bible starts a new chapter, men added chapter and verses, and I'm thankful they did. Because I were to tell you turn to the Book of Mark and find this verse, and you don't know what chapter or verse, that would take a long time. You think my sermons are long already? Imagine how long it would be if you had to find every verse without the chapters and those things. But men added the chapters and the numbers. So when we think of a chapter, we think of a new chapter, something new starting. This is just continuation. Chapter 12 begins verse number 1. It says there, And he began to speak unto them by a parable. And two weeks ago I gave you the parable that Jesus spoke to them. He talked about this man that had a vineyard. And this man had this vineyard, and this man protected this vineyard. He had a watchtower there. He did everything he could for this vineyard to make sure this vineyard would be good. And this man with this vineyard, he took and he had husbandmen there, to watch over the vineyard and to help them. We looked at and we saw how the man that owned the vineyard represented God. The vineyard represented Israel. And we saw the husbandmen in the passage represented the religious leaders of Jesus' day. The religious leaders were supposed to help the people be fruitful and do all the things that God wanted them to do. But instead, they didn't do that. So the Bible says here that the man that owned the vineyard sent servants to help the people be fruitful. And that the husbandmen first stoned the first guy, beat the guy, sent him away, and the servants represented the prophets that God sent. And God sent prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, we go through all of them this morning. He sent them the minor prophets as well, and minor just because they're smaller books instead of the major ones. He sent them John the Baptist, they killed him. The passage tells us that the owner of the vineyard was going to send his own son. But that those husbandmen would have his son killed. And we see if we scoot down to verse number 11 of chapter 12, actually, verse 12 it says, And they sought to lay hold on him, but feared the people, for they knew that he had spoken the parable against them. And they left him and went their way. So who's the them? The chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. That's where we're at They aren't going to take it They want to kill him But they're not going to take him Because they feared the people So they leave Look at the next verse This is where we start Verse 13 through 17 And they The elders The chief priests And the scribes Sent unto him Certain of the Pharisees And of the Herodians To catch him in his words They wanted to trap Jesus and in fact, Joe, if you have it on the screen there, Luke twenty twenty, this is a parallel passage. It says, talking about the chief prescribes and, the, and them there, they watched him and they sent forth spies is the word it uses here. So the Herodians and the Pharisees that were sent, the Bible talks about in Mark, in the book of Luke, they're referred to as spies, which should feign themselves just men that they might take hold of his words, So that they might deliver him under the power and authority of the governor. So they sent, the chief priests, the elders, the scribes, sent these men in to look like normal people. They were the Herodians and Pharisees. And they were sent in to try and get Jesus to say something he shouldn't so that he could be arrested and killed. They were sending someone else to try and do their dirty work. Let's read what it says here. Verse number 14. And when they were come, they say unto him, Master. That's a nice title for them to give him, isn't it? Master, that means teacher. That's quite a compliment coming from them. We know thou art true. Well, is that, is the things that Jesus says true? So this is a true statement coming out of their mouth. Do they believe this? Not for a second, but they're saying it. They're flattering him here. It says, and carest for no man. For thou regardest not the person of men, but teaches the way of God in truth. What they're saying there is, you don't care what public opinion is, you speak the truth of God's word. Now is that true? Yes, that is true. But they didn't believe that for a second. This is the high sign of a hypocrite. You say one thing, but mean something totally different. They're flattering him, trying to set him up. Look at what it says from there. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? Shall we give or shall we not give? But he, Jesus, knowing their hypocrisy, uh, their hypocrisy said unto them, Why tempt ye me? What, why are you doing this? Why are you trying to get me with my words? You know, church, just a little side note. We are so concerned about what everyone sees about us and what we do. Jesus doesn't need to, he doesn't need your outward performance. He knows your heart this morning. And you can play games with him. You can play like you're a good Christian. He knows your heart today. We gotta get past this thing of playing games so people think we're good Christians and be good Christians when the Lord knows that we're a good Christian. That's a side note. That was extra this morning. I didn't get that either. That was just for you right there. The benefits of coming to the second service. It says in verse 15 there, why tempt ye me? Bring me a penny that I may see it. And they brought it. And he saith unto them, whose is this image and superscription? And they said unto him, Caesar. And Jesus answering said unto them, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. We look at the next verse. They left, then come unto him the Sadducees. So you see, they're bringing all, they're building, they're getting more bold and bold, and it's getting closer to his death. This morning, I want to lay out this passage for you, and by the end of the message, I'm going to help you understand today our responsibility to government and our responsibility to God today. Some Christians don't like talking about this stuff, but we're going to talk about it today. And last time I checked, I don't care if you like what the message is, I preach what the Bible says to preach. And so if you've got a problem with what the Bible says, you can talk to God about that, okay? And I, this is just the next verse, next chapter. This is just where we are. Like, if you look real close in the next few weeks, there's going to be some questions that are asked Jesus that we're going to be talking about. There's some loaded questions coming. It's coming, unless the Lord comes. And I might like him to come instead of having to preach on some of these verses coming up. Let's have a word of prayer. Let's dive in this morning. Father, we love you and we need you. Father, we don't need to hear from Brian today. Brian's got nothing that anyone needs. We need to hear from you and your word. Holy Spirit of God, guide us today. Guide my words and our thoughts. Guide the listener this morning. And may we leave here different today because of you meeting with us And your word transforming us to be more like you. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The scribes, the elders, and the high priests want to get rid of Jesus. So they get two groups of people together the Pharisees and the Herodians. These people had nothing in common with one another. Let's just talk about the Herodians for a minute. They were a secular group, they were not spiritual. They believed in government. They were called the Herodians. They were pro-Herod. They liked Herod. They were pro-taxes. Let's think about the Pharisees for a minute. The Pharisees thought they were spiritual, right? The Pharisees, when we look at them, they didn't like government. They liked God and wanted to follow God, even though they weren't really. They did not like Herod. They were anti-taxes. Yet these two groups had one thing in common. They both hated Jesus. They were opposites. It be like getting the strongest Republican in the United States in the room together with the strongest Democrat where they agree on nothing, but they have one common thing. We look at it. And you say, well, why did the Herodians not like Jesus? They thought that Jesus threatened Herod. They liked Rome. They liked the setup of things. And they thought that Jesus could ruin what Herod was doing in that area. On the other side of the aisle, you have the Pharisees. The Pharisees' thought was, we like our vineyard. Didn't we just talk about that? It's our vineyard, and he's going to take our vineyard. They felt threatened by Jesus spiritually. So both groups despised Jesus and wanted to get rid of him. It's amazing how enemies on so many things can come together for a common cause, right? And their common cause right here, we can go, there's so many things we can talk about in our world today, but I'm not going to go down that road this morning. But when we look at this and we see these things, I think about what the Bible tells us in Psalm 2.2, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. What we see before our very eyes in this passage of Scripture. We see these enemies coming together to come to Jesus. We see these spies, these men, these um, Pharisees and these Herodians. We see them come. Let's just run back through these verses. We see they call him Master. We know that you're true. We recognize that what you say, you are true. They didn't believe it, but that is the truth about Everything Jesus said was true. What he did Was Right. And praise God for that. As we look closer at the verse there, they say there, you don't care about anyone's opinion. You're going to preach the truth of God's book to us. How we need that in 2022. We need churches and pastors and people of God that will stand up and no matter what men's opinion is, we'll just preach the truth of the word of God. We have too many churches today, too many pastors that are so concerned about being politically correct. I'm not going to get judged by God for being politically correct today. I'm going to get judged by God by being biblically correct on what I preach behind this pulpit. As we look closer, and I'm thankful you see Jesus, he was one of those, he wasn't swayed by popular opinion, he preached the truth. He told them what they needed to hear even though they did not want to hear it. So they think to themselves, we, we've set them up. And sometimes, you know, people will flat. You know, kids will do that. They'll come to you. Oh, Dad. I remember my, my daughter Alyssa has done this. Dad, you're so strong. You're so handsome. I just love you being my dad. And you know the thought running through my head? What do you want? <laughs> Flattery. Master, we know that what you say is true. You don't follow men's opinions. You follow God's word. Could you settle this question for us? Their question is listed right there. It says there in verse number, the end of verse number 14, Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? Shall we give or shall we not give? Taxes none of you said you like taxes this morning no one said that I don't understand that, I do understand that quite well the topic of taxes can cause a lot of divisions with people there are those that pay their taxes there are those who try to avoid paying their taxes I'll talk more about that in a few minutes and you might not like what I say or you might like it, who knows but the Israelites in that day their taxes, they were taxed kind of heavy it wasn't terrible you know, like in California on gas, you realize we pay an 80-cent tax higher than any other state for, for gas, right? That's why every state is cheaper in that realm because of the 80-cent tax we pay to have good roads around here. I will, I will tell you this, and then I'm going to move on. A month ago, I spent time in Mexico on a small missions trip, and the highways we took in Mexico... They were much better than any road I've been on in California in a long time. Just a little. Just a, and I and I'm sure there are lots of other roads that are not good. But that highway, that highway was excellent. I was shocked, because you know you read these things, the roads are terrible, all of this. But we talk about taxes for a minute. I put there in your notes, according to the historian of the day, Josephus, some of the taxes that they had. Now you gotta remember, we look at a historian of the day in Jesus' day. That just gives us some background. Do we trust that everything Josephus said is true? No, we don't. There's only one source of truth today. It's the word of God. That's where so, and be careful. We're so, people are so funny. We don't trust the news on certain things, but then everything the news says on something else, we believe every word they say. I I don't get that. The news is out there to set its agenda for you. That's what it's there for. You say, so what is true news and what is not true news? Are you ready? This is all I know. This is true. Every word, every line, every jot and every tittle, it's true. You can bank on it. Anything else anyone else says, I don't trust it completely. You can do your own thinking on that. But their taxes, they had a 1% income tax. There was a ground tax, so if you own land and things... It was 10% grain, or if you had, you know, those that were more rich, they had oil and wine, they paid 20% of that. There was a business tax. So if you went from one city to another city to sell things, you would end up uh, paying a tax when you went in. This is what Matthew was. He was a tax collector. He did this. So this is where you would figure that Matthew probably had some dealings with Peter, James, and John being fishermen there's probably a tax. They, they probably had some dealings. With, think about that. It's amazing. In the world's eyes, people will come together in their hatred for Jesus. But then in the kingdom's eyes, people will come together for the cause of Jesus. That's a good thought right there. That was extra too. Didn't you think that's that right now? They had a business tax. They also had a poll, a poll tax that they paid whenever a census was given. That was like a one day's wage. So remember when... Mary and Joseph went to pay that tax that Caesar Augustus, had all had to be taxed. That was, the poll, that was the tax that they paid. So there were taxes that were set up. And this is the thing, you paid them or you got in trouble. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter number 5, verse 37, talking about a man during these days. And Josephus talks about this guy as well. He li- 6 AD is when he led a revolt. And this is not a Judas that you're thinking of. This is another Judas. A lot of people had the name Judas. When we think of Judas Iscariot, it comes right to mind. This isn't Judas Iscariot. Or one of the ones who wrote another book of the Bible. Look what it says. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing, and drew away much people after him, he also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. So he led a revolt against paying taxes to Rome. They killed him— and as many that tried to follow him, they were dispersed, and some of them died. So what were they trying to do to Jesus right here? They were setting him up. Warren Wiersbe, a great commentary on the Bible he gives, he summarized what's going on. He says, if Jesus opposed the tax, he'd be in trouble with Rome. If he approved the tax, he'd be in trouble with the Jews. So it was a lose-lose either way, except when you're Jesus. What Jesus does next is he asks them for a coin. Now, this is an amazing thought to me. The king of kings, the lord of lords, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Probably didn't have a coin. Why else did he ask them for a coin? Does anybody have a coin I can use this morning? Anybody got a quarter? You got a quarter? Anybody? right here we'll see if anybody else you got a dime i'll take a dime Thanks. that's not a quarter anybody got a quarter anybody got a quarter oh wait anybody got a hundred dollar bill oh wait offering already was passed never mind never mind the offering was already passed sorry baptist pastors and offerings it just i was going to start collecting the offering all over again all right this one quarter is good Jesus asked them for a coin. When he asked them for a coin, he asked them a question. Whose face is on the coin? They didn't have George Washington back then. George Washington's on this one here. They answer Caesar. If you ever take a coin from Jesus' day right there, we call it a penny here. It was a denarius is what it was. That denarius would have on the front of it an inscription with Tiberius Caesar. And it would say, August, son of the divine Augustus. On the back side of the coin, there would be a female figure, and it would say high priest. Remember how I told you when they would go into the temple, they had to exchange their money because they couldn't use that money, Rome's money, in the temple. Because Rome's money was just a pagan symbol. That's what it was. So Jesus... Has a coin in his hand? He asked them. Isn't it funny that the religious people, they, or it could have been the Herodians, they had they had money, but Jesus didn't. Whose face on the coin? Well, it's Caesar's. What was Jesus' response to that? Look at what it says there. And Jesus answering said unto them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, And to God, the things that are God's, and they marveled at him. They caught him in nothing. Sometimes we as Christians today, and this is where we're going to park in the message today, we have a hard time facilitating government and God. When it comes to government, when it comes to God, where do we stand? There are four basic ideas that people have when it comes to government and God. I'm going to give you these four And then I'm going to tell you which one is biblical The first one is this The first one is that God alone Is our authority That God alone is our authority And some people have Tried to stay as far away from human Governments and they want nothing to do with human Governments at the end of the day Only God is my authority The monks used to try to do that Number two Number two The state alone is our authority The Herodians right here, that was their thought. They didn't care what God thought. They followed Herod. They did what Herod wanted. That's what they did. And when you look at that, that's what secularism is. And there's a danger when the state is the sole authority of your life. We'll leave that one there and talk more about it in a minute. The third attitude that we have is that God and state are both authorities, but the state is dominant. There are people that view this this way. I'm not trying to pick on anybody this morning. But I'll give you an example. Governor Newsom said a while back, you can go back to church but no singing in church. And there were a lot of churches and I'm I'm not they they can they will answer to God for what they do. It's not my job. But I'll tell you this. The Bible says that we're supposed to come before his presence with singing. As a biblical mandate to sing to God, and I could take a couple hours and show you more verses if you want, but then we'd be here all day and we'd just stay here till tonight. If a church quits singing because governor told them to, then that shows that the state is more important in what they do than what God says. When a church is more concerned. About their 501c3 status Than they are about what God's word says That's what that shows Number four God and state are both authorities But God is dominant That is the biblical view That's what Jesus articulates in these verses here This is where we as Christians are supposed to stand We should do our very best to obey the laws where we live. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. And some of you don't like hearing that, but we'll get there in a minute. But if the law of men goes against the law of God, God wins. The disciples, what did they do? Hey, don't preach in that name anymore. You do. We're going to beat you. We're going to take care of you. We'd rather obey God than men. There are things... If government goes against what God's word says, government is wrong, God is right. And you might have to suffer because of it, but it's the right way to live. And I want you to understand something. We believe that God is the ultimate authority. We also believe this morning that we have a responsibility to the government that we live under today. There are rules, there are things. We'll talk about this here in a minute. But I want to take the next little bit of time And I know in this room last service I got people all over the spectrum When it comes to this stuff Last service I had someone speak out a little bit And I had to take care of it And so if you have something that you want to speak off your mind I would keep it quiet till after the service And then come see me Because you cause a scene In the middle of my service And cause people to drift off onto something else than where we're supposed to be I will have to take care of that thing This is the Lord's time here and so, and this is the thing, your opinion matters. If you have a thought and you want to talk about it, come catch me and we can talk about it. You can take me out to eat anytime you want, and you can talk about anything you want when you take me out to eat. You can get me a cup of coffee, we, all, you can do whatever you want. It works great that way. But I want to give you some biblical thoughts. You're going to look in your notes and you're going to be like, Pastor, you messed up on the notes. There is no mess up. This is on purpose. We're going to start out num- today on number two. Roman numeral number two. Our responsibilities to the government. Jesus took the coin. Whose face is on here? Whose image is here? Oh, it's Caesar's. So, well then, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. That's what he says. When we look at that and we we break it down just a little bit, the word render means give back what is his to deliver a return to pay back in full if the coin belonged to Caesar give it back to Caesar now I'm going to give you this morning probably we could find a lot more but I'm going to give you four responsibilities we have to our government today number one we are to obey the laws now I know, some of you in this room. Like, well, there's mandates and If You you can figure out the difference between a mandate and a law, and you you take care of yourself and figure that out. You obey the laws. I don't have to. I follow God. Well, if you follow God, then you're going to obey the laws because of what God's Word says. Romans 13, verse 1 and 2. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God go back real quick for me, Joe the powers that be are ordained of God did you know this morning that Joe Biden is ordained of God he's not my president he was, I had someone just this last week the election was stolen will you just stop maybe it was, maybe it wasn't but I will tell you this I know that right now this is who God wants in office He raises up presidents and kingdoms, and he takes them out. The powers that be are ordained of God, like it or not. Next verse. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power. Not only resisteth the law or that government, but resisteth the ordinance of God. It's a big deal to God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. So if your, if our state has a law that does not coincide with God's word, and I know there are lots of people, well, this coincides on it. Don't, don't, there's so many things, I know. Well, the Constitution says this. I know the Constitution. Everyone swears on the Constitution that they're going to uphold it. If we if people really believe that, then none of our politicians would even be in office day because no one holds to the Constitution. We'll leave that one there. Say the speed limit says seventy. Pastor, why do you go seventy five? Because I shouldn't have. But do I? Yeah. I do at times. You're supposed to obey the law. The laws that are there. That's what a Christian does. And you can like it or not. But our responsibility is government, obey the laws. Number two, pay your taxes. Uh, There are many Christians that don't like that one. And I know there are some Christians, some guys that I went to their seminars and different things, and they're in jail today because they didn't pay their taxes. But you say, well, why should I as a Christian pay my taxes? Are you ready? Romans 13, verse 6 and 7. For, for this cause pay ye tribute also. For they are God's ministers. Joe Biden's God's minister to you. That officer that pulled you over last week, God's minister. Truth. It says attending continually upon this very thing, Render therefore to all their dues Tribute to whom tribute is due Custom to whom custom Fear to whom fear Honor to whom honor Pay your taxes Say but I don't like where my tax money goes I agree okay I do Do you think everywhere the Roman tax went Was good But the Bible says render therefore to all Their dues That's Bible it says all I don't and let's be honest, our tax money goes for things that has no business going for today. When my tax money is used for abortion, there's something seriously wrong with that. We go deep down that line. But the Bible tells me I'm to pay my taxes. Say, about taxes are too high. Yeah, they are. California had a surplus in tax money? No, so we're going to we'll give you a little check back. Maybe we'll do it again. How about you just cut the taxes then? Wow, isn't that just a brilliant one? I would make a great politician. No, no, I wouldn't. No, I would. I'm too honest. No one would vote me in for nothing. Anyways, um, pay your taxes. Do what's right. Number three, it gets awful quiet when we talk about these things. Pray for government officials. I see, in time, I see in the Bible that there were times when government officials were called out for their sin. John the Baptist with Herod's a great example of that. But I don't see anywhere in the Bible where you're supposed to go to Facebook and criticize everything that your leaders do. I think we'd go much better in life if we'd pray for our government officials. For all the times you talk bad about our president, how many times have you prayed for him? What does more, praying for them or criticizing for all the times you've criticized our governor, and he deserves a lot of criticism. How many times have you prayed for him? Say, I just don't know. Okay, let's see what the Bible says. First Timothy 2, 1 and 2. I exhort, therefore, that first of all supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings, and for all that are in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. We're to pray for our president. When's the last time, with all the stuff going on everywhere, when's the last time you prayed for Putin? I get look. I got a few looks of men to go by saying that. You know what could change him from doing the things he's doing and things that are going on? Jesus. Jesus could. Nebuchadnezzar was drinking out of the things from the te- from the temple. Jesus changed that man. He was a wild animal out in the field for a while. And sometimes the, the more pride, the harder it is. When's the last time you prayed? I watch the news hours upon hours, and we look at all these different things. Do you pray? For kings? For all that are in authority? When's the last time you pray, pray, uh, blah, prayed for your police department? When's the last time you prayed for your mayor? When's the last time you prayed for your councilmen, councilwomen? When's the last time in the past two years, you know, health officers, I never even thought of them on that level. When's the last time you prayed for the health officers? Jesus can work on them too. It's awful quiet in the room. You want to be a good citizen today in America? Obey the laws. Pay your taxes. Pray for your leaders. And fourthly, letter D, be a good testimony. Titus chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. You guys are just as quiet as the last verse. I don't know why you get so quiet. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Be a good testimony. Do your very best for the Lord. I'll tell you one more thing you can do. You can vote. You can vote. I someone the other day that I was talking to, they're like, there's never going to be an honest election again. If you believe that God really is sovereign and that God puts up governments and takes them down, then I believe God knows who needs to be in office. So I don't care how corrupt something might be, or how bad it might be. God can still work in the midst of all of that. He can And God sets the. what the Bible talks about, the king's hearts in the hand of the Lord. It doesn't talk about that. He turns it whithersoever he will. Proverbs 21.1. As a Christian, you need to vote biblically. And sometimes we look at it, and in the past you heard, I've ran off a lot of people in this church just by talking about being a strong Republican for a long time. There, you know, Democrats come to church here, too. There are independents that come. There are people all over the spectrum of things. It's what it comes down to. I don't care what you are, if you're blue, red, white, brown, orange, whatever the case may be. If you're a Christian, you need to vote biblically, and you have a responsibility to. You figure out what your politicians, where they stand. You can go, we have internet today. You can see where people stand. Say, but my vote won't even matter. I'll say this. There are a lot of people that criticize about our leaders and they don't vote. You have no right to say a word if you don't go out and vote and take care of It's a privilege that's been given to us that a lot of places wish they had. I wonder if Russia would like to have that privilege. But anyways, we'll leave that there. Won't go deep into that. Be a good citizen. How can I be a good citizen? Obey the laws. Pay your taxes. Pray for your leaders. And be a good testimony. Number one, remember we're going backwards, our responsibility to God. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Jesus asked them, hey, whose inscription, whose image is on the coin? Caesar's. Well, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar." And give to God what belongs to God. Hey, whose image do you bear today? Every human that's ever been on this planet or ever will be, whose image do you bear today? Bible tells us in Genesis 1 verse 26 and 27 and God said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth that creepeth upon the earth so God created man in his own image image of God created he him male and female created them hey who's who's face on the coin Caesar's So give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Hey, whose image was every human being created in? God's image. Letter A. Every human being in the world was created in the image of God. That's why God is due something from everyone that's ever been created by him. He is the creator God. That's why someday every knee is going to bow And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Because of Jesus and because of the image of God and because God created us, He is doing some things. They might say, well, this world doesn't do that. I get that. But someday they will. Every human being will. But may I remind you this morning... Those of us that are saved in this room this morning, you have been redeemed. You've been bought back. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6, verse number 19 and 21, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And you see, hey, give to Caesar. Give, the, give them what they're supposed to get. But hey, you Christians today... Our duty to God, God has been so good to us, He's bought us with a price, and because of that, let her be this morning as we close things out. Every human has the obligation to give God their worship, their obedience, their praise, their love, their gratitude. Give to God what belongs to God. In the area of worship, we have a lot of Christians today that worship themselves and their lives and all they do. No worse to worship God and Him only. Supposed to have nothing before God. God should be first. Give to God what belongs to God. He is worthy of our worship. And someday we will all be up in heaven together and all the choirs will cry out, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. We will all worship Him. He is worthy of our worship today. Hey, give God what is due to Him. Obey Him today. Do what He tells you to today. Give to the government what's theirs, but give to God what belongs to Him. He deserves our worship. He deserves our obedience. He deserves our praise. For all He's done, He deserves our praise today. You know, we didn't get up and start singing about how great we were this morning. And there are some Christian songs that just talk about us, us, us. No, we want to talk about Him. That's what our songs are all about. And I don't care if it's a new song Old song, in-between song, is about praising Him. He is worthy today, and God deserves our worship. He deserves our obedience. He deserves our praise. He deserves our love. He deserves our love. We love Him because He first loved us. He deserves our love today. He's done so much. The love of Christ should constrain us today. He deserves our gratitude Because of all that he's done for us today. Hey, Christian, this morning, they tried to trick Jesus. But man, he gave us some good stuff right here. Hey, Christian, there are some responsibilities we have to government around us. And we need to do what we're supposed to do with our government, according to what the Word of God says. But then, the things that belong to God, we need to give them to God. And at the end of the day, as you see in my points, two never beats one. God's always supreme. God's always number one. And at the end of the day, the Herodians couldn't argue with him. The Pharisees couldn't argue with him because both things were right. But that's one of the problems we have in Christianity we're too hard-nosed one way or the other. And we don't know what balance is. I've strived, and I tell you over and over again, I'm trying to be a balanced Christian. I'm trying to be a balanced pastor. I say, why do you want to be a balanced? Because that's what Jesus was. That's, don't we just see that today again? He was right there in the middle. We have an obligation to God, and we do have an obligation to our government. Wow. That's balance. That's balance. That's where I want to be. That's where I want Victory Baptist Church to be, where Jesus is at. Isn't that enough? Well, that's an amazing thought. Too many Christians are too scared of one side or the other. Just be like Jesus. You can't go wrong being like Jesus. You can't. You, you'll do just fine. You want to be like me? You're going to go wrong several times a day, several times a minute. You'll never go wrong being like Jesus. see as we continue through this passage the more questions come and they keep trying to get him and yet through it all Jesus was always right Christian let's live let's live right today let's live right before God and try and If we're being honest, we'll never fulfill our obligation to God. We fail at it all the time. That's why He's so gracious and so merciful, and I'm so thankful for that. But He is due all the worship, and yet there are so many times I don't worship Him like I should. He is due all obedience, and yet there are so many times I don't obey Him like I should. He's due all the praise, and yet sometimes I want praise for myself. He's due all the love, He's due all the gratitude. We live, we live today in America. And we have a lot of Christians that are more pro-America than they are pro-God. I love our country. I do. I'm thankful for those who have given their lives for the freedoms that we have. I know there have been people who have asked me, well, if we're supposed to obey the laws and do all these things, then America never would have been founded. I know we'd go down that whole road. And I believe God was behind the, f- the founding of America. And I'm a firm believer in that. but we, we follow God God's number one and then God tells me in his word that I'm to obey the laws God tells me in his word I'm to pay my taxes God tells me I'm to pray for my leaders and God tells me that I'm supposed to be a good testimony that's the best thing you can do for your country today do it God's way say well there's other th- I, I get that And if there are causes to stand for you, stand for your causes as God leads you. I'm not against you standing for a cause. When the Lord puts that on your heart, stand for a cause. But render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the